Med Adventurers, and welcome to the Audio Armory, an exploration of weaponry through the ages. I am your local bard, Emily Cardamus. And I'm your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. How's it going today, Liz? Uh, it is a go. I mean, been dodging hurricane gusts here and there. Right. Which has been... But the sun, the sun is shining. A new dawn approaches. Look, I don't know where you are, but I'm looking out Let's the window. That it's and 7.30. Yeah, like, I'm looking outside... It's windy. Um, I do see rain. <laughs> well, we had see you. We had that about an hour ago. So now you're good. Ah, so yeah, that makes that's sense. That's how that works. Yeah, weather works like that in this state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just isn't that what all good podcast intros start with? Is how is the weather in your neck of the woods? Exactly. Tell us, listeners. You can tweet at us at Audio Armory Cast. <laughs> Please don't tweet at us what the weather is. And and tell us uh, how how much rain there is via the shack scale. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, how many shacks? Yeah, how many shacks? How many shacks of rainfall did you get? Hopefully, not one shack <laughs> oh, of God, rainfall, because no. that would be a lot, and we would be very concerned for you. Yeah, we would probably have to, you know, start sending out the boats and mm-hmm. um, hope that you're okay out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you didn't tell me what we're talking about this week. No, I'm so what bad are we talking about, about this week? I've been bad about doing that the past. Do you have? I, I like can't I can't think of a good witty intro that can easily segue us in. Look, I'm so s- I have to do this. Look, I'm sorry. You could it's nag okay. at me, but I could, but I'm also tired. Yeah, this is true. So what are we talking about this week, Liz? All right. So this week I figured we'd, you know, keep keep in our little area and go mm-hmm. to more southeastern Asia. Um so it's weird because I actually had to look at a map for some of these places. <laughs> I had, I'm just, I mean, understand. Is I, this just because you're bad at geography? Yes. Or, okay. <laughs> I am bad at geography. Because, I mean, fair. it's obviously in the southeast, but I'm just sitting here like, but where southeast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So It's like, well, and it's one of those things like Ohio is the Midwest, despite not being in the middle or the west. Yeah, <laughs> which is something I've always been confused about. I'm like, no, we're I hate east. it. We are, we are east. We are northeast. We are. We are not. Um, we are not this thing you think we are. <laughs> it is preposterous. So tell me about Southeast Asia. All right. Well, first, I'm going to kind of lay out the different locations we're going to be at because we're going to hit three different areas. We'll be hitting Myanmar, also known as, well, previously known as Burma. Uh, the Philippines, and also uh, another place, Malaysia. There it is. It's not on my map. <laughs> you know, that other place, it's- Malaysia. <laughs> exactly. Um, which all of this is kind of like around uh, China and Thailand, mm-hmm. except for the Philippines, obviously, which is kind of... A lot of little islands. Yeah, off to the east. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, I figured that, you know, first place we would hit was uh, what's previously known as Burma. Uh, I'm probably going to keep butchering the name. Myanmar? Myanmar. Uh, Myanmar, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I've never heard of this place before in my life. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> um, we can talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first I'm going to talk about uh, what they used to call the Da which is the Burmese sword. Um, Very similar to the Japanese katana, this Mm -hmm. sword actually has a single cutting edge, uh, small guard, and has the same slight curve as a katana does. 
Um, and if you buy it now for at no extra cost, you'll get a free sharpening stone Ding. that you put the sword into and your sword knife into, and it stays sharp forever. Only three easy payments of fifty nine ninety nine, plus shipping and handling, plus tax, plus my fees, plus your eternal soul, plus one shack. <laughs> Why is a shack? You know, no, I for I shacking and, hand, and a shack, handling. A shack is a shack is a higher currency than your eternal soul. It, oh, oh. My no, not like not like your eternal soul. Just like the concept of an eternal soul oh. in general. Oh yeah, okay. I was about to say it's like wow, that's not worth much. All of our eternal souls, <laughs> Liz, <laughs> our collective eternal souls are not worth as much as one shack. <laughs> Shack is a very interesting unit we have here. It's it is timeless, measurementless, and eternal. <laughs> Please tell me about the Burmese. <laughs> All right. Well, more about the Da. Uh, though the steel in these blades held no comparison to Japan's techniques of uh, steel folding, these were still very highly decorated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hilts mostly were made of brass. Um, and would be engraved uh, engraved with various animals like fish, birds, cows, and humans. So these animals were typically um, shown together uh, do, like Party. in different scenes. Hanging out? So, yeah, just, you know, chilling. Like, you know, you know how you hang out Netflix with your and cow chill. and it's just no. like, hey, sup? And then you're, you, you know just how get you a smoke weed with your cow? <laughs> No, Emily, please tell me. Please tell me about well, how okay, you smoke here's, weed here's how you do cow. it. You get some weed and are you a cop? You have to wait, no, actually, Liz, <laughs> are you a cop? You have to tell me you're a cop if you're a cop. Um uh no, actually You're not a uh, cop, right? No. No, <clears throat> no you're not a cop? No. Okay, cool. So you get some weed, uh, in most states illegally, in some states legally. Uh you get you light up, as they say. You blaze it! the circles, and you give one to your cow, and then you enjoy a smooth joint. I've never had marijuana in my life. <laughs> no joke. I couldn't tell at all. I don't even know where people get marijuana. Like, Yeah, actually, that's a good question. I don't know either. We are the, we are the saddest... The saddest people. Um, well, yeah, yeah. So these, these. An- I'm sorry, I derailed this way too long. These no, animal okay. scenes on the swords. So these scenes were um, normally of fishing, hunting, farming, or other tales, depending upon the owner of the blade. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they would depict uh, historical stories, religious th- scenes, what have you. Um, even the blades themselves would depict these scenes. It would sometimes be a continuation of what was on the handle um, or something else entirely. But a lot of these, since they were carved away, the recessed areas would be blackened. So the design would pop more. Right. And these uh, these swords were actually stored in wooden sheaths that were also decorated with these designs. So basically, you have a story that can kill you. Now, were these decorated swords used for combat? Um, yes, but normally 
they weren't as highly designed. Okay, okay. So you kind of had your, like, extreme, this is just a decorative sword or or ceremonial sword, and that would be very intricately carved, and then you would have ones for combat that were probably just more ceremonially carved, and then, you know, like, simpler, because they're gonna be worn and probably eventually break. Yeah, you have your extreme teen Bible of swords, and then you have just your floppy disk of swords. I mean, I don't know why I I went from... Yeah, I would have gone, like, the super-duper nice Bibles that they have in churches. Nah. To the Extreme Teen Bible. No, Extreme Teen Bible is on the top. All right. Okay. It's a work of art. We're going to have to have a lot of discussions off-air on what you consider (laughs) quality. (laughs) Moving on, though. Let's go to the Philippines. Hey. Um, This is actually... in the world are the Philippines? Get out of here, Carmen Sandiego. Go. I'm gonna steal that sword. No, don't steal that it's sword. My job. Don't no. Well, no, no. I need to talk about it first. I'll talk about it first, okay. and then you can steal it. Great. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about one of my more favorite swords, uh, known as the Chris sword. Uh, trying to describe this sword is very weird. Um, it's envisioned just like it straight. Like mm-hmm. your your standard sword, but mm-hmm. you said sword, sword, you know your standard sword. Um, yep. The reason why I say sword is because it's squiggly, so it's, it's a sword. Yes. It's a squiggle sword. Before when you say Chris sword, I was gonna say oh the squiggly ones. Yeah, they're the squiggly ones. It's like if you were to uh, get like a sheet of metal, like a sheet of steel, and do the mm-hmm. right for thunder and scare your cat. Um, but not on purpose, obviously. But yeah, it's like, it's like literally the edge of it is like, take a line with your pencil and make like a, like a, like a squiggly line. Yeah. But don't like go nuts with it. Don't be like, no, make make like a sine wave, like make a sine wave, like with your drawing. And then that's sort of the sort. Or do the wave with your arms. Yeah. Like that. Because it's not like you can, well, maybe you can, in which case see a doctor. Don't break your (laughs) arms to do the wave. That's not cool. That's just terrifying. The more you know. Dang. But um, these swords were kind of had a like a similar folding style to uh, to Japanese, but this wasn't nearly as polished. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very laborious folding and forging method, which uh, they actually left unpolished. So the blades would always be rough to the touch. Uh, which that I couldn't quite figure out why that is, but it is why it is. It's it's cool. It just is. It's like, oh, look, we're different. We don't want to polish our blades. Yeah, it's cool because it's unrefined. We're we're sword hipsters. I was about to say, ah, uh, yes, the hipsters. <laughs> we were into unrefined swords before it was cool. <laughs> And it never became cool because I was the only. Yeah, oh. they they were so they were so hipstery that it never came into fashion. Exactly, <laughs> which is now were the edges still sharpened? Yes, oh, the edges okay. were still sharp, but I mean because of its roughness and kind of unfinished feel, it right always kind of it. From what I was able to gather, it seemed like it still would catch on things, like hmm. if you were to like rub it it would not so much tear up your skin as it would just 
be well, it's like sandpaper. Yeah, there you go. It is it is essentially the texture of sandpaper. It also doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me the shape because it it seems very inefficient. Like you I mean, okay, it would probably I'm I'm assuming it's only a slashing weapon because you can't really stab someone easily with that kind of thing. Like yeah. that's why swords are straight is so that you could stab someone with them. Because if you have all these edges that get in the way, it makes it less aerodynamic. Your stab gets slower, and plus there's, like, more things that are in the way of you stabbing someone. Um, but even still, it's like, it just seems like, it, it almost seems like we wanted to make this sword look cool, but didn't think about how it would function. Yeah, and I mean, granted these swords were only about two feet long, so they weren't really long weapons. Mm-hmm. But... Because of the width of them, I mean, they were still extremely awkward, which I probably why they didn't catch on. Um, right. They just weren't very practical for a battle. Um, though uh, these like in the design, it had the wave to it, but the handle was actually straight uh, for the most part. Sometimes at the end of it, it would curve, but it was made out of solid carved wood and sometimes was wrapped with leather as a grip. Um, And these swords, what I thought was really interesting, the swords don't have a cross guard. It's kind of built into the blade itself. Oh, that's interesting. Like within the squiggles or like separate from the squiggles? Like separate, separate. So you have the squiggles and it comes towards the the base mm-hmm. of your blade and it tapers out so it's almost trapezoid like okay. um and on the like outer edges of this would be like a saw blade like feature so it was used to kind of catch opponents blades and also i don't know you could probably use it as a saw if you really it wanted was multifunctional. to it was the world's first first Swiss army knife. Exactly. Except that it wasn't Swiss and it wasn't a knife, it was a sword. Yeah. But armies probably used them, so that part's valid. Yeah, at least we have that much going. Mm-hmm. We got one third of it right. <laughs> yeah. But that was essentially that was essentially what I could come up with with uh the Chris sword, just because they didn't hang around very long. They hmm. were I mean, obviously, kind of an impractical blade. Right. Uh, and so they were, they figured, hey, let's make these better to use. Yeah. It's like, all right, this was a bad idea. Pitch it. But we made so many. No, pitch it. Just throw it it's like out the, guy, the window. It's like the guy at Google that's like, hey, I have this cool new idea. It's like, it's all the social medias in one. And we're going to call it Google Plus. And it's going to be great. And Nobody no, talks no about Google Plus. uses Google Plus or talks about Google Plus. Nobody, so. No. We don't talk about Google Plus. This is a safe place. Be gone, foul <laughs> demon. That is Google Plus. <laughs> uh, so why don't we you tell us about our last sword then? All right. Well, we actually have two more weapons, but we're hitting our last place. I lied. Look, yeah. Well, well, last. Why don't you talk about swords in the last location? Well, I mean, you aren't wrong. We do have one sword, but we also have uh, the Malaysian spear. Um, oh. Uh-huh. which is about a shack in length. I'm not even okay. kidding. It's like seven feet long. Um, that is a shack in length. <laughs> uh, and these spears were 
kind of I found really interesting. They had either steel heads or wooden heads. Um, so depending on how you were feeling that day. Yeah, you know, like if you were just like uh, what goes with my outfit, wood or steel? Hmm. Now see, steel I'm... is the, you know they say steel is the new black. <laughs> Who says that? Who? I did just now. <laughs> Fashion trends one hundred and one with your bard Emily. Now I just want to envision you just wearing a bunch of like steel spearheads, like mm-hmm. I am one with the weapon. <laughs> I bet you twenty. Okay, twenty eighteen, Paris, France, high fashion runway. Someone's gonna be in some avant garde dress, and it's gonna be entirely made of spearheads. Hold me to this, <laughs> and if I am wrong, I will pay you five dollars. You hear that, listeners? Yeah, hold me to this. Stop. Just remember this right now. Put it. Put an alarm tweet in at your me. calendar. Go for it. Right tweet, at me. tweet at me. Tweet at me. At Audio Armory Cast at Corrupted Gym. Tweet at me. Hold me to this. I dare you to remember this in a year. I dare you to re- come at me. Well, okay. We seem to have upset the bard. Um. Let's just continue on with uh, the... Try to charisma check me! Uh, let's get uh, steel and wood. Uh, spears. <laughs> uh, the wooden sharp heads were actually used specifically for tossing. Um, so they were the long-range version of this weapon versus okay. the steel-headed spears, which were used for uh, you know closer quarters because it was a thrusting weapon. Hmm. Um, these spears were so intricately carved, though, that from a distance, some of the materials would be mistaken for something else. From for instance, um, the one that I was looking at, it was it blew my mind as to why they would do it, but they did. The mm-hmm. spear shaft was carved so intricately that it mimicked bamboo almost to a T. Wow, so you could, like, hide in a bunch of bamboo, and people walking by would be like, oh, there's no one here, there's just a bunch of bamboo, and then you're like, surprise! Yeah, except for the fact that it was extremely dark. It was, like, a dark brown. Oh. Which What's that weird dark brown stick of bamboo? Eh, don't worry about it, we're fine. (laughs) That's a weird bamboo. Let me touch- Oh, God, there's a spear in my eye! Going on to our last sword of the day, uh, we'll be talking about the Malaysian sword, uh, the Manandao. Uh, these swords were carried specifically by the Dayak people, which were in the area of Borneo. Uh, and they were cleaver-like in design, being anywhere between one to two feet long. The oh, That's pretty short. Yeah, they were, you know, essentially, the best description is, I mean, cleaver-like. It was like a machete. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but trying to describe the shape of it, uh, the swords were thinner at the hilt and expanded outwards um, mm-hmm. uh, to the sides. Um, so kind of resembling uh, uh, the Kora, which we discussed when we were in India. Um, right, right. But... Sort the, of making that trapezoidal shape. Yeah. And the blade. sharp... Like, the one sharp edge was actually longer than the other edge, so it was, I don't know, like an inverse katana that way, because the, I mean, I don't know, it was weird. It's a very weirdly shaped blade. 
what was it what was it specific was it used for battle or that i'll get into here soon um jumping ahead yeah it's it's got a good 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 use um okay these the handles for these swords were mostly bound in wood um and sometimes were carved or actually had animal bone pommels they had like different horns or whatever they would hunt which was you know boars typically um but these swords actually became really hot collector items uh for those in europe during the colonial period and this this is why um these these swords were actually uh sometimes decorated decorated with beadwork um on their sheaths okay. that that were made with human teeth mm-hmm. um so yes the dyak people were actually headhunters um and they showed no okay. mercy to their victims so this sword was used to just decapitate people primarily. which i guess explains the weird I, mean, I guess that explains the shape and the sort of weird sharpening. Yeah, uh, but, and, and I was well, I was about to say what would make that a collectible tourist item, but then I remembered that Westerners are dumb. Yep, and I'm speaking as a Westerner. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, so as I was reading more into it. This was actually con- very much confirmed because the uh, the animal bone pommels that I mentioned earlier had mm. human blood and hair embedded into it. So it was that's actually really important to know because I think for a lot of uh, especially Asian and like Polynesian and Micronesia, like like countries around that area where we kind of came into their civilization and didn't record anything we just kind of took stuff so a lot of what we have we don't actually have knowledge of what it's used for that's actually really important to note like that we can kind of say like hey yeah this was used um you know to hurt other people yeah because we have scientific evidence versus just making it up which a lot of or versus a lot of like oh it was used for human sacrifice which is like we don't know that yeah because essentially the reason why that was that existed was because it was a good selling point to Mm -hmm. the naive who were just like oh wait what this is used to decapitate people it's it's like cool and it's it's literally like the cool and edgy Except it's, like, cool and edgy and also super racist. Edgy. Because it's a sword. Yeah, it's a sword. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Also, I it's racist. about that one. Also, it's super racist. <laughs> I mean, that was the issue. We'll probably get into this later. But, I mean, when we had art history classes about Micronesia and Polynesia, you know, we have a lot of... We looked at a lot of uh, weapons and a lot of regalia that they used. And all we have... As, as far as what they could have been used for is conjecture because a lot of those civilizations died when we just rolled up to their island and and didn't record any information and introduced diseases and i know i'm getting a little soapboxy but like it's just it's really important not only as someone like you who's interested in weaponry but as a historian and just to our human history like being able to scientifically prove stuff like that is is really cool and really important. Yeah, and I think 
going back on our art history, because we went into Oceania, mm-hmm. I think there was only one one small tribe that we ever discussed out of all the places that we went over that actually were confirmed headhunters. Right, yeah. And it wasn't so much that they hunted the heads of, you know, like anybody and everybody, mm-hmm. but actually their enemies because it was believed that you know if the head was detached from the body the soul couldn't rest Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they were used for with the dyak people um they decapitated simply as a means of one a trophy to prove that they were victorious over their enemy Mm -hmm. and two just because like religiously for them that was just an unrest for them and an insult to their enemy. I think it's important to note too, because obviously we're coming at this as two white women. Yeah. Um, so if anyone out there has contrary information, like please feel free to let us know, like Liz is doing her due diligence and research. And we try to, um, you know, we, I crack jokes here and there, but we try to approach these things from a historical um, and on Liz's end, a technical sense of what is what's the history of these swords and what were they used for and where did they come from? Yeah, like accuracy um, is something that we try to strive for, but obviously yeah. so much information is either lost or just there's so many different opinions and right. various confirmations of these opinions that you're not quite sure. It's like, well, what's what's actually the truth? And it's important to note that, like, just because a society is different doesn't make it wrong or right. Um, it just makes it different. Correct. And and I think especially when we look at history, you know, there's always this jump to look at it, um, especially history in play, uh, countries other than your own. There's always this jump to look at it with the lens that you currently have, which is the modern lens of your country. And you know you just need to realize that that you can't do that with with other places um especially ancient history uh because we just have no we have no concept of what their societies could have really been like we can make judgments but they're going to be judgments based on the lives that we've lived and the society that we live in yeah unless there is some evidence of like uh basically documentation of what life was like but even then we're still drawing conclusions Mm 98 percent of the time because not everything is filled in you have to just kind of judge by okay majority of the people you know said this so it must have been like this but you can't Mm -hmm. you obviously can't confirm because you weren't there (laughs) right right a lot of a lot of archaeology is less about trying to i mean like it's it's almost like under a lot of archaeology is understanding that you don't have the answer. Yeah, and you never will probably. Majority of the time, we tend to take these findings as solid truth. There was no way that it was any different. When in fact, it's just you know us trying to piece together our own past as a species. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything's everything is always up for debate. Mm-hmm. Everything is relative. So, and on that note, on that note, Liz, 
Do you have a blacksmith's tip of the week? Yeah, he's actually here. Um, I wanted to... T- <laughs> this is going to be really weird. But um, coming as like as somebody who's generally arachnophobic, I made a friend who's a spider. His name is Jeffrey. Um, so I wanted to say that not all spiders are bad. Um, this is my my pro tip of the week. Uh, he's a daddy long legs. He's, he's pretty big. I like him. But he eats all the ants and the other little bugs that try to get through my window in my studio. So I'm just like, yeah, dude, you're cool. You're chill. You're friends now. Yeah, he's he's my little dude. And I'm like, great. I'm cool with him. So befriend spiders as long as they aren't poisonous. If they're poisonous, you should... Or venomous? Poison? Venom? Uh, I get those two confused still. Venomous. Venomous. Because poison is... Poison is if you eat it, you die. That, yep, there it is. So, venomous, my apologies, Um, don't touch them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could die, potentially, unless you are a professional handler. In which case, I mean, I question why you're doing this, but I suppose somebody has to, Mm -hmm. to learn more about them. Uh, (laughs) Not my cup of tea. But Jeffrey's cool. I like him. Jeffrey's Jeffrey's a cool guy. Yeah, Jeffrey's a cool dude. He can stay. That's a lovely story. They're going to make an animated feature about that one day. Oh, my God. That would be great. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to the Audio Armory. I'd like to thank uh, Samantha Hogan, who provided the intro and outro music. You can find her work at samanthahogan.com, and you can find her on Twitter at shogan underscore composer. You can find us on Twitter. uh, You can find us at audioarmorycast.com. And you can find me, uh, I'm at Corrupted Gem. Liz is at Liz Belts. That's Liz with two Zs. Um, you can also email us if you have, like, questions, comments, concerns. Um, email or tweet at us. Our email is audioarmorycast at gmail.com. And if you have suggestions for topics for future episodes, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, we always, you know, like to collect what uh, people want to hear from us and our silly goofs yeah uh liz do you have anything else um yeah just kind of reiterating if at any point you guys come across information that you know is different than what we've discussed we're more than happy to you know hear it because there's a chance that maybe i came up with the wrong information and to get the right information out would be fantastic because i wouldn't mind Mm -hmm. just going back over and correcting myself yeah like we'll do a corrections episode even like i i have no problem with that yeah so y'all don't be afraid to correct us please please say something um well i think that'll do it so as always i have and always will be your illustrious bard emily cardamus and i were and i will forever and always be your local blacksmith liz belts and don't throw rocks at birds don't throw rocks at birds Shack is a unit of measurement, and spiders are sometimes your friends. Yeah. Spider bro. High five, Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs>